Welcome to Dr. Suzanne Howard's audio play. Thank you for downloading and I pray you are truly blessed. To get more information on Dr. Suzanne Howard's ministry, feel free to visit www.suzannemhoward.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. How we doing Strong Tower? Let's jump in here. And let's see where we are. Let me do a quick recap because yesterday was powerful, was it not? Yesterday was powerful. Oh my God. I hope y'all felt the way I felt. <clears throat> um, we talked about empathy and compassion. We talked about defining empathy. We also defined compassion. We talked about their roots, right? We talked about how to cultivate empathy and compassion. And, um, I think that's kind of, no, we did go on cause we went into the art of understanding. We went into active listening. How many people were actually practicing active listening today? You stop rushing through conversations with people. Um, you stop giving little emphasis to the quality of listening when someone is speaking, even if the conversation is not interesting to you. Active listening that anyone was able to actually walk in the shoes and be an empathetic, emotional person. <clears throat> I see. Yes. I see hands. I see. I I did. I see another review completed. Thank you, Cheryl. Corinda says yesterday had a powerful impact, rocked me all night too, in a good way. This is going to be an absolutely splendid year. Even a little bit of the warfare. I don't know how many people in here um, if you wonder if you're apostolic or an apostle or a prophet, warfare just feathers our, it, it lights up our feathers like a peacock. We thrive for it. We almost wait for it, like bring it on. And I like when warfare comes because my relationship with the Holy Spirit, that God will always wake me up at three or four in the morning. Whenever there's something urgent going on, that horn blows in my soul and wakes me up. And I know something's going on and he needs me ahead of it. Anyone else get that from God? Like you have your clock set or your internal clock wakes you up at a certain time every day, or you are so purposed in your prayer life that you wake up a certain time every day. But when there's warfare going on, it's always an hour or two earlier that I have to get up for prayer. Come on, Erica. Come on, Pastor Yashika. I always get to know before things are rocking in the natural because he gives me notification in my spirit, man. And if that's you, be proud of it. Don't complain about it. You are anointed for it. You are called to it. And this is really the time where you get to really see the power of God on the inside of you, working on the inside of you. Wow. Woke up in the middle of the night and, and one before the clock. You see what I'm saying? It's awesome. <clears throat> so we will survive. Hey, hey, we got it. We ain't worrying about nothing. We're going to um, let our enemies know that we know. And, and the Lord even, even showed me a face. So I got this business already wrapped up tight in the name of the Lord. And we talked about perspective taking. We talked about the heart of Karen. We talked about self compassion. How did that work for you? Self-compassion. Mm -hmm. 
And we went on to acts of kindness for yourself. We did some exercises in empathy and we talked about the empathy mirror. How did you do with the empathy mirror? How did you do with the empathy mirror? Do you remember that? Imagine a mirror that reflects the emotions of others. The empathy mirror exercises involves mirroring, mirroring the emotions of someone you're interacting with, not copying them, not parroting them, but having an empathetic response that's equal to the passion and the connection that they have with what it is they're talking about. How many were able to do that? The empathy mirror. Yeah, y'all are some prayer warriors, intercessors, some true followers of Yehovah. Good. So tonight we were supposed to pick up on the per perspective shift. The perspective shift. <clears throat> Description. Let's talk about it. Perspective taking is a crucial component of empathy. The exercise enhances our ability to see the world from another person's viewpoint. Do you know that's half the problem in communication? That's half the problem in business relationships is just being able to see this person's world from their viewpoint. It doesn't make them right. It doesn't make you wrong, but it just takes half the weight in the argument off. If you can see the world from someone else's viewpoint. So how do we practice perspective shift? Let's talk about it. Choose a close friend or family member to engage in a conversation with. So I guess you might as well go ahead and assume this is your homework for tonight. <clears throat> and I want to hear from you tomorrow how it went. Choose a close friend or family member to engage in a conversation with. Step one. Step two, during the conversation, take on each other's perspectives. So get a topic and take on each other's perspectives. Number three, while speaking, try to articulate your thoughts, feelings, and viewpoints as if you were the other person. Good evening, Apostle Blue. Use phrases like, from your perspective, you might feel... While speaking, try to articulate your thoughts and feelings and viewpoints as if you were your spouse or your friend or your cousin or your family member, whoever it is you're going to do this exercise with. And when you do that, captivate, captivate certain phrases Two, for example, from your perspective, this is how you see things. You might feel like this because of the perspective that you're taking on it. Can you hear my perspective so that you can understand why I feel this way instead? I'm going to put that dog with a doggy treat, Raphael. Number four, encourage your conversation partner to do the same with you, sharing their thoughts, but from your perspective. Share their thoughts, but from your perspective. So I don't want to have you engage in anything that's really going to rock the cord too much tonight. So don't pick anything heavy, please. In Jesus name, <laughs> don't pick anything heavy. Let's try to just try to stay light. So pick something that's light that, you know, you two don't agree on. It could be something that you like to eat. 
something that you want your um, partner to, uh, to watch a movie or read a book with you. Um, do not do anything heavy. Do not talk about the kids, the bills, religion, God, politics. Try to stay away from the heavy stuff. The last argument that's maybe still not settled yet. Try to stay away from the heavy stuff and just bring up a topic with a close friend or family member, listen to them, and then use the perspective shift and say, from your viewpoint, your perspective is like this because you feel like this. Am I right? Ask them. Stop assuming. Stop being defensive. Stop going in hard. That is not communication. That is not exercising empathy. And that's what we're working on this month with our emotions. And it is not active listening. You have to be a participant in active listening. Okay. You think you got it? Let me see if you got it. Let me see you on the screen. <clears throat> and while you guys are answering me, cause you got a little bit of delay behind me. I want to talk to you about the empathy journal, the empathy journal. The empathy journal exercise is an ongoing practice that involves keeping a journal to record your empathetic em exercises and reflections. You're going to need that with me. You're going to need that if you work with me in this year or if you work with someone else. And this is how you practice the empathy journal. Number one, you're going to get a journal and you're going to create a digital note taking space dedicated to your empathy practice. You know what? You know what's so good about that? How many of y'all have the iPhone? Did y'all notice that the iPhone just gave us a journal? It popped up on my screen. Mine, I saw mine yesterday. When did you see yours, Ebony? About two days ago? Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I saw mine yesterday, last night. And it opened up on the screen and it's called journal. Look on your phone. If you have an iPhone, it might be already on one of your pages, one of your screens, and you might not know it's there. And it's a journal. And th they hit it where you just hit a note button and you start taking notes. They even keep track of the last uh, music that you was listening to. And they ask you if you want to listen to this music again while you're, while you're writing in your journal. You can put photos in your journal. Pastor Yashika noticed hers yesterday too. Girl, we write on time. See, we ain't late. <laughs> so that's amazing for all of us with the iPhone is they just gave us a journal yesterday. So in Jesus name, iPhone is working with soul detox solutions ministry, and we are collaborating together <laughs> to do great things. So they gave us this journal just for us this month and for the rest of the work we're going to do this year. So get a journal. The worst you can do is get a notepad. Or you can create a digital note-taking space dedicated to your empathy practice. Throughout your day, make notes of situations where you engaged in empathetic interactions or those where you wish you had been more empathetic. <clears throat> you see the, the, the contrast here? Log in your empathetic interactions. And definitely while you're doing that, do not forget to log in those where you wish you had been more empathetic. Has anyone noticed that already since we just started talking about empathy in this January? Has anybody noticed now that, wow, I wish I had been more empathetic in that conversation. I wish I had shown more empathy in that text. I wish when I got that phone call, I would have been more empathetic. Has anybody had that experience yet? 
Has anyone had that experience yet? Yep. And it's like, Ooh, I could have did better with that this time. Good. I see the yes is coming up. Awesome. So number three, third step, reflect on these experiences. What did you learn about the other person's emotions? What did you learn about the other person's emotions? That might be still a little heavy. And how did you feel during these interactions? How did you feel during these interactions? And the last step, number four, consider what you could have done differently to enhance your empathy in challenging situations. Because some of this, it's new. Some of us are know-it-alls, we think we got it, but I'm going to tell you, you are probably going to be clipped off your feet when you find out that you blew through this and did not get what you could have gotten from it. Mm-hmm. Reflect on the other person's emotions. How did you feel during the interaction? And the last step, I'll repeat it again. Consider what you could have done differently to enhance your empathy. For some people who have a lot of pride, you may feel a little punked. I'll be honest with you. You may feel um, a little taken advantage of. You may feel that this is the most ridiculous thing anybody has ever asked you to do in your life. But I promise you, you're going to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Things are going to change for you dynamically. So now we're going to work our way over here. I think we're on page 122. The empathy walk. The empathy walk. Description. The empathy walk exercise involves taking a mindful walk while intentionally focusing on the people you encounter. It's winter here. We may not encounter other people while we're walking. So pay attention to the things around you, or even when you run into the store or the gas station, consider their emotions and experiences. How do we practice the empathy walk? Go for a walk somewhere busy, hopefully where people can be. I know a lot of senior citizens I see now, they walk in these abandoned malls. So maybe there's some inside malls or some little shopping centers, you know, where there's a Target or Walmart. Those are like a mall within themselves. And when you're in these busy places and you encounter people, step two, as you walk, observe the individuals you pass by. This is good for prophetic training too, by the way. I do this with Peyton already. I'll say to her, what do you see? I don't know. I don't see anything, Mima. I just want to get my Takis and go. Nope. You want Takis? You're going to earn them. What do you see? What do you feel? What are you experiencing? To the point now where she'll come to me and she say, Mima, I, that person right there, I just don't feel good around them. I'm like, good. Can you tell what you're feeling? These are very good prophetic exercises. If you are responsible for training up your prophetic teams or you yourself want to sharpen your prophetic, stop going into the stores with your head down. Be mindful prophetically. Be self-aware prophetically. And pay attention to people. Some people you can see they're so heavy on their minds. Things are so heavy. Some people you can see they're just so rushed. You can see the depression. And when you get really good at this, you'll see, you know, you'll be really good at discerning of spirits. You'll, you'll see the kind people, the people who want conversation. That's also discerning of spirits. And you will also be able to see, you know, evil, lust. It can get really deep and dark. So I don't want to go in that tonight because we're not training a prophetic group, but I want you to also know, because a lot of us on here, 
are believers in Christ, when you walk in these stores, observe the individuals you pass by. I even profile because what I do um, psych psychologically, pay attention to their body language, facial expressions and behaviors. And if you really want to take this further prophetically, strike a conversation with someone. And it can be really simple conversation. Let's just say you picked up that they had a dog and you'll say to them, um, do you have any pets? And they'll look at you like, why are you talking to me? People don't talk to people anymore, but you'll be surprised if you're good, you'll pick up someone who really wants to conversate with you and you'll find out that they had a dog or you'll find out um, whatever you're feeling prophetically, test it out and see if it's there, but use your discerning of spirits gift, please. So as you walk, observe the individuals you pass by, pay attention to their body language, facial expressions, and behaviors. Try to guess what emotions they might be experiencing based on their cues. Are they stressed? Do you sense happiness? Do you sense anxiousness or being relaxed? Try to guess. We'll call it a guess right now for our empathy walk to learn to, to strengthen our emotional intelligence and also make it a prophetic assignment. Try to guess what emotions they might be experiencing. Look at their cues. Are they stressed, happy, anxious, or relaxed? And then number four, reflect on the diversity of emotions you observe during your walk and how these insights deepen your understanding of others. This works so well in companies and meetings. Um, I'm telling you, which makes me what really makes me so good at counseling. I'm going to be honest with you. The training and the cert certification and the education is second. What makes me so good at what I do and I can boast in God for the gifts that he's given me is that the Holy Spirit in the gift of seer and sight is what does my job. And then I can line it up with my skills and my training and my education. But I may, God will show me things. The Holy Spirit will show me things in their life. And I'll say, what, is this familiar to you in a counseling session? Do you remember that, that uh, what was your father like when I already know what the gift of prophecy has shown me about the individual's father, but just like in the garden of Eden, I don't always ask a, a question or I don't always tell what I know. I turn it around into a question. So I'll say something like, um, um, your father, three to five years of age, what, what, what happened during that time? And I already know it's a divorce or somebody passed or something happened, but that's what makes me great at what I do. I promise you it's the gifts of God that come without repentance. They are there for you. Lean into your gifts and find out what gifts he's given you so that you can work a niche for the glory of God as a ministry. And it can also be, you know, your, your, your calling and your economy. So with the empathy walk, this is a, an assignment I want you to take advantage of. And this assignment, I want to use this for 30 days. Well, the remaining days that we have try to do this every day, start in the workplace. You don't even have to have a conversation with anyone to start. Just start out with this paying attention to people and writing in your empathy journal. This is what I observed today with so-and-so. This is what I've observed today with so-and-so. And you might be surprised next month that so-and-so may say, 
you know, I didn't tell anybody, but last month I was really going through depression and I felt, and you're like, oh my God, I noticed depression on them. Or last month we had a really hard time in our marriage and you were already praying for their marriage without them telling you because you were able to prophetically pick them up. You were able to use mindfulness. You were able to um, profile by paying attention to other people. It works in your favor. And at the same time, could you imagine being able to minister to someone who never even told you their business and you already knew? And most of us can do this so simply if we just do it. But because we don't do it, the gift isn't activated. So let's now move on to the empathy circle. If you have any questions there, you can go ahead and, and email us. We answer all questions even the rude ones, the empathy circle description, the empathy circle exercises a group activity that promotes empathy by encouraging open and non-judgmental listening within a circle of participants. This would be good. The apostles house for the group of intercessors to do this together. The group of teachers to do it together. The group of prophets to do it together. The group of the pastors can do it together. The group of the evangelists, do it one day this week, maybe get to church a little bit earlier. You know, if you have people on your work and you say, you, are you interested in doing an empathy circle on lunch today? And they're like, what are you talking about? And you can explain this to them. If we were at a retreat, once again, I'm going to say it 99 times. So it's an exercise in a group and it's a group activity that promotes empathy by encouraging open and non-judgmental listening within a circle of participants. So how do we practice it? I'm glad you asked. Number one, gather a group of individuals who are interested in enhancing their empathy. Number two, form a circle and choose one person to be the speaker. This person will share their thoughts and feelings on a specific topic or exercise. Number three, the rest of the participants take turns as active listeners, focusing solely on the speaker without interrupting or offering a solution. Number four, after the speaker shares, the listeners reflect what they heard without judgment or interpretation. Did you hear that? without judgment or interpretation. And then when you have time or you can make this a weekly thing and then you rotate the roles so that everyone has a chance to speak and listen. This exercise helps participants practice empathetic listening and understanding. If you work in HR, if you are a manager, a supervisor, if you are a department lead, if you are a minister on a team, I recommend that you start doing this with your team. If you do this once a month, it will improve workplace cooperation. And because you came up with the idea, can you imagine how differently your managers, your supervisors, your peers will see you for coming in with something like this? And then if y'all can ask them to hire me to come in one day and do some EI work with the company to prepare them for a better year for 2024. These exercises can be adapted and customized to fit your specific needs and goals in enhancing empathy. Consistent practice with anything we've been working on and reflection will contribute to the development of your empathetic skills, leading to more meaningful and compassionate interaction with others. Let me give you a note. 
People may struggle with empathy for various reasons. And it's essential to recognize that empathy is a skill, right? That can be developed and refined over time. And here are some common reasons why people might find empathy challenging. I had to add this piece in because I was over time and even more now as I have learned more skills to notice how many people really don't have empathy. So I wanted to do some research to find out what could be some reasons why we're missing this skill of empathy. So why don't y'all ask me the question and then we'll go into this topic. Ask me the question. Good to see you on Coco Lane Realty. All right. The questions are coming in now. They're telling people what page they're on. <laughs> All right. Good. Thank you, Crystal Adgers. Some people might find empathy challenging because they lack self-awareness. And if you notice, that's the number one issue with emotional intelligence. People who think they have mastered emotions lack self-awareness. People who think that they don't need EI lack self-awareness. I promise you, without a doubt, I've been in this too long to tell you anything else that wasn't the truth. They lack self-awareness. Some individuals may not be fully aware of their emotions, but they can tell you everyone else's and they may struggle to identify and understand their own feelings without this self-awareness. It can be challenging to empathize with the emotions of others. There's another one. Do y'all want it? Number two, emotional blockage. Come on, Christopher, emotional blockage, past experiences, trauma or emotional wounds can create emotional blocks that make it difficult for people to connect with and understand the emotions of others. Unresolved personal issues can hinder empathy. Please put that on the screen. Unresolved personal issues can hinder empathy. I got a couple more for you. Anyone else want to hear number three? Cultural and social factors, cultural norms, societal conditioning, and upbringing can influence how people express and perceive emotions. In some instances, in some cultures, there may be a strong emphasis on emotional restraint, which can impact one's ability to empathize openly. So see, this is why when some people think that they have this and it's mastered or they don't really need it, these are some of the things that are going on in their life. That's amazing, right? I just want to look on. Okay, so I am on here tonight. I'm not blocked. It doesn't look like I am blocked. So that's a good thing. I'm public. Good. Because they've been blocking me on my own personal page. So we have some emotional blocks. We have a lack of self-awareness. So when I'm working with someone and they're convinced that they have something that I'm convinced that they don't, these are the, the, the checklists that I go down the line with them on. Um, so how about empathy fatigue? This is big guys. I posted this even before starting uh, So Detox this 30 days. 
Put on the screen for me, please. Empathy fatigue. F-A-T-I-G-U-E. Empathy fatigue. What is this? Constant exposure to the sufferings or emotional needs of others. Ooh, this sounds like ministerial leadership. Constant exposure to the suffering or emotional needs of others. How about caretakers? You have any caretakers taking care of sick family members, such as caregiving professions can lead to empathy, fatigue, or burnout. Over time, individuals may become emotionally drained, making it harder for them to empathize. Number five, fear of vulnerability. That's a huge one. Empathy often involves opening oneself to the emotions of others, which can be intimidating for some people. Fear of vulnerability or getting too emotionally involved can hinder one's willingness to empathize. I did my research on this book. I took a while on this one. Lack of practice. This is why we're doing it for 30 days over and over consistently. Lack of practice. Like any skill, empathy requires practice and conscious effort to develop. If someone has not had many opportunities to practice empathetic listening and understanding, they may struggle to do so naturally. How about this one? We talked about this from day one. Overwhelming emotions. In some cases, individuals may have their emotions overwhelmed by their own struggles or challenges, making it difficult to focus on others' emotions. So let me stop right now. It's a good time to just do a check-in. How are you feeling? And is there anyone that feels overwhelmed currently with emotions? You're flooded with emotions right now. <clears throat> While you're answering, I'm going to go ahead to number eight so we can wrap up our session tonight. Misunderstanding empathy. Good to see you on Destiny. Misunderstanding empathy. Some people may misunderstand empathy, thinking it means they must agree with or solve others' problems. This misconception can make them hesitant to engage empathetically. It's important to note that empathy is a what? It's a skill that can be cultivated through practice. We got to practice empathy. Isn't that amazing? Since the fall. Self-awareness and a willingness to understand and connect with the emotions of others. Training in empathy, therapy, and mindfulness practice can help individuals overcome some of these challenges and become more empathetic over time. Recognizing if you lack empathy can be a valuable step towards personal growth and improving your emotional intelligence. Here are some signs that may indicate a lack of empathy. Come on, we have time. Let's hit a couple. Difficulty understanding others. Do you often find that it's difficult to understand others? 
You always feel like it's not your fault. They just, I, people just, I can't understand them. People don't understand me. Are you on either side of that spectrum? Difficulty understanding emotions. You struggle to understand or accurately identify the emotions that others are experiencing. You may misinterpret or even dismiss their feelings. Number two, insensitive remarks. You frequently make insensitive or dismissive comments about others' emotions or experiences, often without realizing the impact of your words. That's heavy. I don't even want to speed through this. That's a heavy one. Insensitive remarks, difficulty understanding. Three, lack of emotional support. You find it challenging to provide emotional support to friends or family members when they are going through difficult times. You may not know what to say or to do to comfort them. And number four, difficulty in perspective taking. You have trouble putting yourself in someone else's shoes and seeing a situation from their point of view. You may be quick to judge or make assumptions. Get in my mentoring class. I can help you with those assumptions about others' feelings and experiences. How about limited listening during conversations? You tend to dominate the discussion with your own thoughts and experiences rather than actively listening to others. You may interrupt or even steer the conversation back to yourself. Oh my God, if I could put my head down for a minute on that one. That's a big one. I watch it. I've seen it. It's happened to me. Number six, difficulty apologizing. If you hurt someone emotionally, you may find it hard to offer a sincere apology or acknowledge the impact of your actions or their feelings. We're going to have to go back over this again because these are just too important to blow through like this. I mean, I know you're not in my coaching session where I want to give you that full hour but I do want to at least give you some things to really oil your thinking part of your brain. Are there any's that struggle with apologizing? Is there any that struggle with apologizing? Yeah, if we had a retreat, we'd probably need like three throughout the year to finish this whole thing in live form. Mm, that's a big one too. Difficulty apologizing. How about avoiding emotional situations? This is a big one too. You may be actively avoid emotional situations or conversations because they make you uncomfortable. Someone else's emotional situation makes you feel vulnerable. So you avoid dealing with their conversation altogether. Sometimes this happens right in a marriage union. <clears throat> Frequent misunderstandings. Number eight, you often find yourself in conflicts or misunderstandings with others, particularly regarding emotional issues. You may struggle to see how your actions affect others emotionally. And number nine, difficulty building relationships. Developing and maintaining meaningful relationships can be a challenge because you may not connect with others on an emotional level or struggle to meet their emotional needs. 
And the last one tonight is number 10, low empathy scores in your self-assessment. When you take self-assessment tests related to empathy, you consistently score lower than average. If this is you, contact us for a special session to take this assessment and talk with a specialized mental health coach. It's important to remember that lacking empathy doesn't make you a bad person, but it can affect your relationships and overall well-being. Recognizing a lack of empathy is the first step towards improvement. If you identify with these signs, you can work on enhancing your empathy through self-awareness, practicing, active listening, reading books on empathy, seeking therapy, and engaging in mindfulness exercises. Developing empathy is a lifelong journey that can lead to more meaningful and fulfilling connections with others. So what do I want you to do for those that are taking this seriously? I want you to get your um, empathy journal. I want you to try to take your empathy walk and I want you to use that skill every single day, every single day. Just use it. You don't have to talk to anyone. Just write it in your journal. Share your testimonies with me. I've got a testimony that came in today that I'm going to read tomorrow night. So I'm accepting testimonies that you can share with me. And please make a note if you're sending me any story, giving me permission to use it and then give me permission to use your name or to read it anonymously. But I am taking testimonies now at this point in our 30-day detox, and I'd love to encourage others with your story. And it has to be short. I'm not here to read your bio, okay? So take your empathy walk. If you can, do the empathy circle. And you can do this right in the house with your family and kids. Could you imagine sitting down with them and listening to them and hearing their perspective? Do you know how much more respect they will gain for you? instead of fear. All right. My work here is done. How are we doing? Instagram, thank you all for being with me tonight. I want to give a shout out to the cash app, but I'm afraid I may lose my Instagram screen. Let's try it and see. Thank you to Cam Jackson. Thank you to Andrea. Thank you to Mike Rose. Thank you to Dajanae. Thank you, Scotty Earl. Thank you, Anna Roman. I think that's going into the day before now. And thank you, Rochelle. Thank you all very much for tuning in with us. I appreciate all your giving. Please remember that you can also give to this ministry by hitting like, by making comments, and by sharing. Please do so. And always with replays. All right. My time is up. Are y'all good for tonight? Constance, you forgot about tonight. You can't forget about us. You're going to miss us at the end of the 30 days. Remember, there's another assessment going out tonight. Um, feel free to take it. And for those that have coaches, you will hear back from those that don't have coaches. You will get a general email response from us regarding your score on um, emotional um, on um, stress management. And please, again, I'm asking if everyone will go to the link to Amazon and post a review on the book. Um, tell them that you're doing the 30 day detox and you're on chapter four or five or however far you've gotten in the book and tell them your honest comments on it. And then I'm going to ask again at the end of the 30 days when we finish the book, if you would go on and give um, a more complete review at that time. I appreciate you. Let's go ahead and prophesy. Are you ready? I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as 
your soul prospers. God bless you all and good night. Dr. Suzanne Howard is happy to have shared this time with you. To get more information on solutions and personal development, coaching, and counseling of the soul, go to www.suzannemhoward.com. You can also find her on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Periscope. Thank you for tuning in with us.